We're back in 2 Samuel this morning, going to pick up in chapter 18. It'd help if I turn my microphone on, but let's go to the Lord in prayer first of all. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we lift up each and every one of these prayer requests that we have this morning. Lord, you know each and every need, each and every circumstance, Lord, and we just pray and lift these up to you, Lord, that you may intervene and have complete control with your sovereignty over each one of these, Lord. We just praise you and give you the honor and glory. Lord, as we go to your scriptures this morning, just show us uh, what you would have for each and every one of us, Lord, as individuals, Lord, that, that you may reach down and remove the scales from our eyes and open our ears that we may hear what you have to say to us this morning. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 2 Samuel chapter 18. In verse 1, And David numbered the people who were with him, and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. Now remember, let me just remind you a minute. Some of you, we may have forgotten. So Absalom basically is trying to take over the kingdom. Okay? And he, he is elevating himself to a place of, of authority uh, because he thinks that... Uh, he deserves that. He, he would make a better king than David. Uh, so that's where we're at. And David has taken and, and left uh, the kingdom. They've gone out into the country. And uh, Absalom is inhabiting the kingdom. Okay, And he's working diligently to turn all the people against David. Okay, So here we are in, in what brings us to chapter 18. And David numbered the people who were with him, and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. Then David sent out one-third of the people under the hand of Joab, the son of Jeriah, Joab's brother, and one-third under the hand of Ittai the Gittite. And the king said to the people, I also will surely go out with you myself. Classic characteristic of David, isn't it? To lead them, to be out in the middle of them. But the people answered, You shall not go out. For if we flee away, they will not care about us. Nor if half of us die, will they care about us. But you are worth ten thousand of us now. For you are now more help to us in the city. Then the king said to them, Whatever seems best to you, I will do. So the king stood beside the gate, and all the people went out by the hundreds and by the thousands. Now the king had commanded Joab, Abishai and Ittai saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. Now, Absalom has completely betrayed his father. He is trying to overthrow his father. He is not acting like the upstanding young chap that he should be acting like. And all of this, David, you would think, would be upset with him and ready to take off his head and get rid of him and get him out of the way and quit dealing with him. But don't we, can you relate to this? We all have people who are close to us that, that at some time or another haven't acted like the most godly people in our lives. They hadn't been responsible to what they know is right and wrong. And they're all about themselves. 
But I want you to understand this morning that when God, when God saved you and I, and He changed our heart, that changes too on how we look at people. Can't help but change. Whether it be our family members, friends, whoever it may be. We, we have a different outlook. We have the ability to have a different outlook on people who betray us or treat us wrong or who come against us. There's just a, a mercy that springs up. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you want to wring their neck, don't you? I do. I do. But, but I, I, I mean, I'm sure you can relate to it. God, when He changed you, when He saved you by His grace, He changed that in you. You, you have the ability to show more mercy, to show more grace, to be more forgiving. Now, apart from God, you don't have that. Apart from God, we want to, we want to lash out. We want, we want to rage, come out in rage and get anger and, and, and do to them what they think that we need, they need done to them. But as God grows us as His people and, and His, His children, for me, I found the more I grow in Him, the more forgiving I get. The more mercy I'm able to show. The more grace I'm able to give people who may or may not deserve it. Why? Because I look at them, I, I look at them and, and can see the spiritual issue. The issue's not with me or you. The issue is a spiritual issue. They're lashing out at you and I because of what we stand for, who we serve, and what we what we what, what we what we represent. The same thing goes for Absalom right here. Now, I don't know of any child that doesn't like their parents or doesn't have a, a love for their parents in some way. But this is a spiritual issue. He doesn't like David because of what David stands for. He's not mad at David. He's mad at God. David's just the representation of God's authority in his life. That's the problem. Verse 6. So the people went out into the field and battled against Israel. And the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. The people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David. And a great slaughter of 20,000 took place there that day. That shouldn't be of any surprise, should it? For the, for the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside. And the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Thank God wasn't involved. You think the hand of God wasn't involved? Sure it was. It said the, the woods devoured more than the sword devoured. Then Absalom in verse 9 met the servants of David. Absalom rode on a mule. The mule went under a thick uh, bows of the great terebinth tree. And his head caught in the terebinth. So he was left hanging between the heaven and the earth. And the mule which was under him went on. I can just picture it. Like out of a western movie. They don't ride mules in a western movie, but I mean, it, he rode under a branch and I guess got caught in the fork of a tree. 
And he's hanging there. Now, Mr. Powerful Absalom, who thinks he's got the world by the tail and his dad on the run, not smart enough to stay out from in the grasp of a limb. Right? But God put that circumstance in his life. God put that circumstance in his life where he's hanging there, where he's caught up there, helpless, dangling in the air. God puts those circumstances in all of our lives. When, when we... When we think we're more than what we should be. When we, when we lift ourselves up and elevate ourselves higher than where we should be, God has a unique way of checking us, doesn't He? Amen. Verse 10, Now a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, I just saw Absalom hanging in the terebinth tree. So Joab said to the man who told him, You just saw him? And why did you not take a, why did you not strike him there to the ground? I would have given you ten shekels of, sh of silver and a belt. Now, we already know that Joab is a little bit rogue. He can go a little rogue himself. Throughout these, the, the, this story and these scriptures, Joab hadn't been the most honest throughout, has he? There have been times where he's done things that King David had told him not to do. And here's another one. Verse uh, 12. But the man said to Joab, now listen to this, though I were to receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king command, commanded you and Abishai and Ittai saying, Beware lest anyone touch the young man Absalom. They were told, Look, don't raise your hand against Absalom. Don't kill him. Why in the world would David pardon him like that? Because I want to believe that David saw that spiritual issue. And he wanted Absalom to get right with God. And he knew that when, if Absalom would get right with God, his issues with David would go away. His issues with power would go away. His issues with everything with God's authority would be resolved. Same thing applies to us and our families and our acquaintances that we have. When we submit ourselves to God's authority completely and wholly, these kind of issues go away. We don't have a problem submitting to those who God's placed in authority over us. We don't have, we don't have trouble with battling needing power. Absalom's wanting power. But when we, when God does a work in us and we realize that the ultimate authority is Him and He gives power and He takes power away, we can be content with right where He's got us. But see, Absalom can't be content with where God's got him. And what God's given him. Instead, instead, he's trying to battle God through David. And it's not going to work. 
Verse 13. Otherwise, I will see him back up and catch 12 again. But the man said to Joab, Though I were to receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king's command commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Beware lest anyone touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise, I would have dealt falsely against my own life. For there is nothing hidden from the king, and you yourself would have set yourself against me. Very important right here. This is, there is nothing hidden from Jesus. This is a picture of Jesus. He said there's nothing hidden from the king. Just like there's nothing that we can hide from the Father. Even though we try, even though we think we have these secrets that we can keep, that none of y'all know about me, the Father knows. The Father knows. And it really, it doesn't matter what y'all know. <laughs> it matters what God knows about me. It's a matter what, it, it, it's, it's how clean I am in front of Him. <clears throat> Verse 14, then Joab said, I cannot linger with you. Now Joab, you, you can just see where he's just frustrated. Then Joab said, I cannot linger with you. And he took three spears in his hand and thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still alive in the midst of the terebinth tree. He said, if you won't do it, I'll do it. He killed him. And ten young men who bore Joab's armor surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him. So Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing Israel. For Joab held back the people, and they took Absalom and cast, uh, cast him into a large pit in the woods and laid a very large heap of stones over him. Then all of Israel fled every one to his tent. Now Absalom, in his lifetime, had taken, in, uh, taken and set up a pillar for himself. Now this is a very... This tells you exactly, gives you a picture of exactly Absalom's pride issue. His pride issue. You see, when, 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 when God saves us, and He does a work in us, one of the first things He teaches us is how, how non-important we are. Amen? And our natural old man, our fallen man, it's just the opposite wants to, wants to convince us of how important we are. But, but when God does a work in us and humbles us, because you have to be completely humble to get saved, amen? Completely humble to get saved. And in that, that humility, God teaches us that we are nothing and deserve nothing. And... We have zero importance outside of Him. Amen? Alright. Janet. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up a pillar for himself which is in the king's valley for he said, I have no sons to keep my name in remembrance. He called it the pillar after his own name and in this day it was called Absalom's Monument. He didn't, he didn't build, him, build himself a, a monument so that everybody remember who he was. 
Think he's got a little bit of a pride issue? Then Ahimez, the son of Zadok, said, Let me run now and take the news to the king, how the Lord has avenged him and his enemies. And Joab said to him, You shall not take the news this day, for you shall take the news another day. But today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. Now he, I'm sure Joab is thinking, now I've got to figure out here, he told me not to hurt Absalom. I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. Being as I just run spears through him up there, because the other boy wouldn't. I've got to figure out my story. Verse 20, And Joab said to him, You shall not take the news today, for you shall take the news another day, but today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Go tell the king what you have seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. Why he chose him, I don't know, other than he must have. I I'm, 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 would like to think that he, that he thinks that he won't tell the whole truth. And Jimenez, the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, but whatever happens, please let me also run after the Cushite. So Joab said, Why will you run, my son, since you have no news ready? But whatever happens, he said, let me run. So he said to him, Run. Then Ahimez ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. I bet he never expected that, did he? Now David was sitting between the two gates and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate, to the wall, lifted his eyes and looked, and there was a man running alone. Then the watchman cried out and told the king. And the king said, If he is alone, there is news in his mouth. And he came rapidly and drew near. Then the watchman saw another man running. And the watchman called to the gatekeeper and said, There is another man running alone. And the king said, He also must bring news. So the watchman said, I think the running of the first is like the running of Ahimenez, the son of Zadok. And the king said, he is a good man and he comes with good news. So Ahimenez called out and said to the king, all is well. Then he bowed down with his face to the earth before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord your God who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against my lord the king. Key point. Who did he give credit to here? Who did he give credit to for this victory and for this deliverance? God. The first person he gave credit to was the Father. In our battles, in our circumstances, how many times do we get caught up thinking we did something to earn that victory? Whereas we should be with this same attitude right here. And the first praise and glory be given to the Father for delivering us through our circumstances. But it's so easy for us, our own natural person, to think we, we, had, we had a hand in that. We, we, did, we did something to get ourselves out of that situation. We have, we have to keep our, our focus and our remembrance that, that God leads us through troubled waters. He sees us 
through the shaky time. And He is the one that gets all the glory and the praise for the victories that are bestowed on us. David understood that. David understood that. And so did Jimenez. So in 28, so Jimenez called out, uh, called out and said to the king, All is well. Then bowed down to face the earth before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord your God who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against my lord the king. The king said, Is this young man Absalom safe? Amenaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and me your servant, I saw a great tumult, but I did not know what it was about. And the king said, Turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood still. Just then the Cushite came. Now, I don't think Jimenez wanted to tell him what he knew. Do you? Then the Cushite came, and the Cushite said, There is good news, my lord the king, for the Lord has avenged you this day all of those who rose against you. And the king said to the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? So the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise against you to do harm be like that young man that point, he, I believe he knew. Then the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said thus, O oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died in your place. O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. You say, how in the world could he have... Because he knew the spiritual condition of Absalom. He knew the spiritual condition of Absalom. And he would gladly have traded places because he knew his spiritual condition. Say, man, oh man. I don't know about you, but I, I, would, I, I would gladly trade places if, if I knew one of my kids was lost. And facing death, I would trade places in a heartbeat. Praying that God might spare them a little more time to get right. That's what you see right here. That's what you see right here. David was weeping for the spiritual condition of his son. And, and knew that there was no, no turning it now. Now there was no guarantee had, had, had Absalom's life been spared that it ever got right. But that's what you see in David. Is that mercy. A, a mighty fighting man. A mighty warrior. Who, who cutting off somebody's head wasn't anything to David. Taking their life wasn't a big deal today. He was a warrior. We know that. But you can see in David's life as from the time that he was a child and he slew Goliath up until this point how God has softened him. How God has, has softened David. He wasn't very soft in the beginning, was he? 
But that same principle applies to you and I. As we walk in our, grow in our walk with God, we can't help but be softened. We can't help but, but that old rough outer edge be, be massaged and softened. And that mercy start boiling out. That love for, for people, lost people, start bubbling out. To the point where we can just weep and weep and weep on. That's what we see here going on in the life of David. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this example in David. The example of you, that you've given us, Lord, and how you've taken us through and shown us the work that you've done in, in, in this man's life. The same work, Lord, that you do in, in each and every one of our lives. Lord, th this, this mercy isn't just, just for David, it's for each and every one of us. The grace that, you've given to, that you gave to David is there for us as well. Lord, we must be responsible. Help us be responsible to the attitudes and, and, and things that, that You've shown us in Scripture so that we might grow and be what You've called us to be. Lord, I just pray for each and every one here that's represented this morning and those that can't be here. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over them and ask that You would just continue to do Your work in each and every one of us. Prepare us. Guide us and direct us, Lord, to, to be what you've called us to be. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.